Hello, and welcome to another light reading podcast. This is the Notebook Dump edition, and this is a special edition of the Notebook Dump because we're here at the Open Rand North America event in New York City. I'm with, uh, what is your name again? Oh, jeez. Mm. Kelsey. Uh, Kelsey Zeiser, yes, yes. Okay, it's been a long week, folks. Uh, I'm Phil Harvey, that's Kelsey Zeiser. And you are? Mm, Mike. Mike, okay. Mike Dano. That sounds right. Um, So anyway, uh, we've been at at this event for, uh, this is the second day of this event, and then earlier in the week we were at the 5G transport uh, and network strategies event. I finally got the name right. Um, So anything stand out as we're talking about all manners of obscure (laughs) (laughs) radio infrastructure for wireless carriers? I mean, it's true that uh, uh, 5G transport and Open RAN are pretty obscure, mm-hmm. as, as, as almost as obscure as you can get in the telecom industry. So we've had, we're going, we're we're headed into our third day of very niche obscure topics, and the fact that we're all remaining conscious is, <laughs> and still with it. <laughs> I don't Good know. for us. It's it's one of those things that if you're not a network architect or um, or somebody who works on the you know in the in the technology organization of a carrier, um, a lot of this stuff just kind of washes over you. But the what I, I the the one of the main things that well two main things stood out to me as I was sort of um, tr- thinking about what I've learned this week. The first is that um, what Sterling uh, Perrin of Heavy Reading had a, a great slide that showed the the uh, hot button issues in 5G transport in 2019, and then the hot button issues in <laughs> transport in 2022, and they were the exact same so, things. Yeah. But the context of all of it has changed, you know, depending on where carriers are in their deployment and uh, in you know how many users are on their system and um, what technology advances have been made and that sort of thing. But um, so that was that was somewhat of a relief because it's like even though this this space is awash in technical detail, um, it does move quite slowly because these are massive infrastructure undertakings that we're talking about. The other big point was uh, Gabe Brown's observation as he was driving in from the airport that now all of the uh, rooftops, you know, uh, as he as he as he entered Midtown, are just uh, uh, littered with. Uh, mid-band spectrum antennas, you know, and so 5G is definitely being deployed uh, in North America and all the carriers are racing to uh, make sure that they have the adequate amount of coverage, you know, and everything. And I think that also uh, speaks to uh, maybe not as much the open RAN side, but definitely on the 5G transport side, it says that, um, you know, all those fiber deployments and stuff like that are definitely going to be needed because there's, they're, they're getting ready, you know, if uh, to, to ingest the, uh, you know, increase in traffic, increase in coverage, increase in users, that sort of thing. Yeah, and my takeaway from that transport stuff, talking about transport, was that uh, so Verizon had, I thought, a really good keynote. And one thing that the Verizon speaker said was 10 gig and done mm-hmm. in terms of backhaul transport to cell sites, which is an upgrade, you know, to handle the additional traffic that they're going to get from deploying midband spectrum for 5G and all the much faster speeds that they can provide on their wireless network and all the video and stuff that people are streaming. But he basically just kept it simple. It's like, upgrade your backhaul, 10 gig, you're good. Yeah. (laughs) Now you're done. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought in kind of a different vein, the 
discussion, the panel that you led on um, Open RAN security yesterday was mm. really interesting. Like they were getting really passionate about it. And um, it's kind of nice when the panelists don't necessarily agree on everything. Because um, uh, John with uh, Rakuten was talking about security in um, their Open RAN network. And then I think it was um, Scott with, was it Erickson? Erickson. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he, he was saying, well, that's just your network. That's not necessarily Open RAN. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> skin heated. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, hmm, kind of perked up. Uh, <laughs> but I talked to John later, and, and he, um, you know, gave me some more details about what they're doing and, and how they're trying to do, uh, you know, preventative measures. But also he was saying, since we're running on commodity hardware, we can always upgrade the software later, which gives us a lot of... Um, you know, flexibility and improving their security along the line. So, but it, it was pretty interesting. And they were talking about just when hackers see the word open, they're like, ooh, <laughs> give us your network, yes. <laughs> It is, it is interesting that the, um, I don't think they say it like that, but. <laughs> no, they, they roll around in their piles of right. money and then they get giddy and, and then they put their monocle in. Right, yes, they yes. The all, I'm, I'm projecting. <laughs> all bad guys have to have a monocle. Yeah, um, they get a the, cat with their cat. Uh, the, the, uh, that brings up another issue that I, I, I asked Sterling about and he was, he was um, you know, saying that it's become, it's, it's kind of a point of contention, but it doesn't really seem to be a debate because there's not really many, very many carriers that are going full white box in their network. Mm -hmm. For transport. Um, for yeah. transport, yeah, yeah, but just the idea that, uh, that, um, uh, that, that, you know, if everyone's buying their chipset from Broadcom, uh, as the Juniper speaker pointed out, if everyone's buying their chipset from Broadcom anyway, then what's the real advantage of using white boxes versus not using white boxes mm -hmm. and that sort of thing? And I don't know that there's a good answer to that. I think it depends on the on, like you said, the application, um, and uh, and then whatever I guess whatever uh, business model deals they have in place, uh, you know, to sort of support that. But it's 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 pretty interesting how um, we just continue to move the choke point in technology um, back and forth in the stack. Mm. You know, it's not really about us ever solving these problems with industry consensus because the industry's too competitive for that. It's more about um, are, is the choke point or, or the, you know, uh, at, a, at an acceptable spot and, and can we move it to get a competitive advantage? Mm -hmm. And that's what, that's what all of this posturing around white boxes and other uh, measures seems to be. The discussion, it's interesting to watch the discussion around white boxes and disaggregation and transport backhaul networks mm. and then also see virtually the same discussion happening in open ran yeah and the ran completely different like they couldn't be any more different technologies both very complex handling a lot of data you know in in t tiny amounts of time and you know huge amounts of data but but the discussion about whether it should be disaggregated how best to do that what vendors to use, how to mix and match vendors, what, you know, how to how to create savings. It's like, it's almost the same discussion between the, the mm -hmm. we had a day of transport, we had a day of open RAN, you know, there's a and, lot of similarity there. Yeah, yeah, there, there really is. Because they're ultimately trying to solve the same problem, um, which is, you know, they just want to provide the most, the most robust network they can mm -hmm. at the highest reliability possible, given the dollars they're spending. <laughs> and that's the, I guess the X factor is not really as much the 
um, it seems to be not as much the technology anymore, but really the budget. You know, it's like the more they spend, arguably the the, the more they can get out of uh, the network, and also you know the more they can cover for 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 their mistakes and stuff like that. But as Gabe also pointed out, um, the uh, the balance between capex, ARPU, and you know what the network what it takes to operate the network is falling in line in the U.S. where we're paying twice as much for our mobile service as anyone else on Earth. Yeah, seeing <laughs> that comparison that he had, I was like, geez. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite shocking. And so, but, but everywhere else, you know, it's still out of whack. And 5G is really not a money spinner for these carriers yet. And so I think, I think that's what's really kind of put the industry on notice is this whole idea of like, um, you know, yes, networks are getting better and more efficient, but we still have a long way to go before they become, you know, before it becomes profitable, uh, full stop to roll out 5G. And I think that's why we have so much of a hard pivot to all of these enterprise applications because they're they're chasing another pool of money. They've given up on monetizing the network as it stands now with the with the amount of dollars that that are in because most m most 5G subscribers are coming from. Uh, you know, in the next two years anyway, are coming from saturated markets. So it's just going to be carriers handing off subscribers back and forth and not really any new markets. So, um, so I don't know where I was going with that, but that's, that seems to be the state of the industry I mean, at the moment. Yeah, exactly. And, and like for uh, that, that discussion in the open RAN context is, uh, is an interesting one because my big takeaway from our, the first day of our open RAN event was that it really depends on whether you look at Open RAN. Is it is it is a is it a glass half full? Mm. Is it a glass half empty? Some people see Open RAN and think, oh, you know, it's the it's the numbers are growing, and people are investing in this technology, and you know, Docomo is deploying it, and Rakuten and Dish are deploying it. So glass half full. On the other hand, you look at companies like Ericsson that are like, hey, you know, Open RAN is still a tiny portion of the market. This is how big the market is. Open yeah. RAN is just a very small portion and will continue to be a minority. Into, and they, their big point was that even in the year 2030, predictions are that Open RAN is still going to be 40%. So 60% is still going to be proprietary in the age of 6G was mm -hmm. the point that Ericsson was making. And so it's like, that would be a glass half empty. How do you look at that? And especially with, you know, 5G not really catching fire, are they going to continue to invest in open RAN? How does that affect that those percentage growths if if they're not actually making as much money as they had hoped? Yeah, and Ericsson's argument sounds strangely similar to the argument of voice versus data and pay TV versus cord cutting mm -hmm. and all of the other major technology shifts we've had in the last uh, you know 15 years. It's like. Oh, that's only a small percent of our market. And then the next year it'll position a little bit differently when it takes off. Yeah. But even if it stays the same, yes, contextually it's a small percentage of a market, but it is an interesting, it, it, is, it is unlocking opportunity. Exactly. Where is the interesting things happening? Yeah. Is it in the proprietary stuff or is it in the open RAN stuff? Right now it's definitely an open RAN. Definitely, that's where, yeah. That's where and stuff that, is going on. That's where I think it's, it's, it's more interesting because the, the mass market sort of broad coverage of 5G is, is exactly what we covered in 4G. And no, there haven't been Uber-like applications that have come along and nobody cares about metaverse and you know, <laughs> and all that stuff. But you know, maybe we will someday. But uh, but I think all the interesting stuff is happening from the people that are using and and spinning up networks that that previously couldn't. And you know, and they're doing it for research applications or things that you know maybe. Uh, 
uh, or digital divide stuff or, or you know, things that, that are kind of out of the ordinary, you know, if you can call anything in telecom ordinary. <laughs> Even more out of the ordinary. <laughs> Even more out of the ordinary. The, uh, on, yeah, a degree ordinary. of out of the ordinary. <laughs> um, okay, any last uh, thoughts about the, the conference or New York City in general? Uh, Kelsey, anything uh, uh, come to mind? It's, it's not as cold here as I thought it would be by now, but there's lots of beautiful Christmas decorations up, so that's been nice to see. And I managed to um, navigate the subway on my own. <laughs> well done. So, well done. Yeah, that's that's a serious. Yeah, and then I realized it probably would have taken just as long to walk. So that was fun. Yeah. I think that's an important part of New York City is is learning that really you should just walk. Uh, okay. Well, we'll sign off from here uh, uh, for uh, Kelsey and Mike. I'm Phil saying goodbye. Goodbye. Mm -hmm.